Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Palmerbet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight-up screamer! Download our app today and enjoy straight-up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same-game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. Besides the screen you spent most of your time staring at this week, chances are you are also captivated by a big screen video installation. From billboards to scoreboards, we inform and entertain audiences with our big screen solutions. Visit bigscreenvideo.com.au to see how BSV can bring your space to life. Welcome to the show, Shiraz Soysa, the head coach of New Zealand's national flag football team. He's in studio. G'day, Shiraz. How you doing? G'day, Ricardo. Yeah, good. That's a story, mate. Thanks for coming in. And uh, some exciting news, I guess, from your point of view, because the NFL wants flag football to be an Olympic sport at LA uh, 2028. And we all know that the host nation get to kind of introduce a couple of, uh, I don't know what do they call them? Demonstration sports. Demonstration yeah. sports. So what chance do you give this happening? Well, the NFL rate their chances. They've put, they've put their A-team behind what they're calling Vision 28. Mm-hmm. So they're working quite closely with the LA Olympics. And, and, and they've had a, you know, a goal for a long time of spreading the, spreading the game internationally. They've seen what the NBA have done, and, and they sort of want a piece of that. They think that you know, this is their best opportunity to get American football or a form of American football in, in a global sta- uh, stage like the Olympics. Yeah, I think they've got every chance. I mean, given that we've got breakdancing in Paris, I mean, you know, this is way more of a sport than that, <laughs> surely, from my point of view. Yeah, yeah, and, and it meets a lot of the criteria. I think what they also say is, you know, it allows them to have men and women competing, and that's something they don't have in, in football in general. Um, it also allows a whole bunch of countries to, to play the game, and, and those sort of align quite well with the Olympics want to do, and it's also the biggest form of international American football. Yeah. I would imagine that New Zealand, in terms of this sport, would be quite competitive given our Sevens rugby background, our rugby league, our touch football background. I mean, uh, all of those sports, I would imagine, would the skill set would be similar in a lot of ways. Oh, absolutely. So we went to the we went to the World, World Cup for the first time in 2016. We'd never played the sport in New Zealand, um, and you know we, we were sort of we finished mid table, but we could have easily been in the top. And it was just a few things, you know, the lack of experience that sort of let us down. And absolutely, we've got the natural skill set. Um, the key thing is how how well we keep developing quarterbacks. You know, everything you said is right for the skill position guys, but it, you've still got to have that quarterback development that, that works well. Uh, Producer Logan here, I've uh, jumped over from the kitchen into to the main studio because uh, I'm really fascinated by this too, Shiraz, and thanks for coming on. When you talk about flag football versus uh, tackle, like the normal uh, American football, is it the same kind of positions? Is there less players or...? Yeah, so, so what it does is it shrinks the field down. They've realised that, look, you're not going to emulate an offensive line or a defensive line. They've taken that element out of the game and kept all the other positions in place. So there's still four wide receivers and a quarterback. Um, one of them's a center who also goes into a route. So it's basically the skill, the, the, you know, take away the running game, and it's the entire passing game part of the NFL, which, to be fair, is where all the fans and the attention really come from, right? So, so that, that's a concept. They've taken the tackling part out of it, but they've kept sort of a basketball level of contact in play. And, I mean, we, we love playing against Australia, right? New Zealand v Australia, that's always a big thing in any sport. What, what are they like in terms of flag football at the moment? 
Yeah, so Australia, historically, at the senior level, have been sort of a, a, a bit above New Zealand. We've always been there or thereabouts at the youth level. Um, we've been ahead of the game in terms of flag compared to them. They're, they've ramped up a program now, and we're going to be playing them on an annual series going forward from the end of this year. Um, but, you know, the, the, the proof's going to be in, in, in that first matchup. So we haven't actually played them, but there is going to be a regular series going forward. How, do, how does blocking work, then, if there's only basketball-level contact? I mean, I know, so in flag football, right, you've got tags around your waist, and that's how you tackle somebody is you pull a tag off. So can you stop somebody rushing the quarterback by pulling a tag off? How does that work? No, so, so the rusher gets a free run to the quarterback, but he's got to stand seven yards away from the line of scrimmage, and the quarterback's about another 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. So he gets about 17 yards that he's got to get the quarterback on, which is sort of the quarterback's clock, essentially, right? So the quarterback can't block him. And that, that's that's one of the rules. He gets a free run, but he can he can break him down and evade him, you know, and buy a bit more time. So, quite often, quite similar to the contact version, you'll get to you'll get to go through about three quarters of your progressions, and if you make a move, you can get to the back end of your progression as well. So, it, timing wise, it works quite well. And can the, can the quarterback Randall Cunningham it and just go? You yep. know what? I'm just going to run this. Yep. Well, so so you can do that. You've just got. There's a little bit of a trick you've got to you've got to do. You've just got to um, flick the ball over and then back to the quarterback. So it's not the first receiver. But absolutely, that's a big part of the game now, and it happens a lot. One thing you see with you know traditional American football is that it's it's a game that kind of it attracts and makes use of many different body types and shapes and you know your skill level your athleticism what about in flag football uh, I mean Ricardo and I are, are bigger dudes is there room for guys like that or, or, or girls to play that game oh, look uh, I think the, the good thing about flag football is it's come up as a grassroots sport right it's not it's not been a you know, it's a professional level down um, sort of approach. And, and by doing that, you come down to any of our weekends of flag football and there's all sorts of players around. And what, what coaches do is they put them in positions to succeed. So if you've got someone who's, you know, a bit bigger and, and potentially better as a possession guy, they'll run a, a scheme that, that caters to that. And, and so, you know, you'll, you'll go around and you'll see a whole bunch of players who usually play, you know, O-line, D-line having a go. Yeah, well, I mean, the I remember a few years ago uh, talking to a guy who was working with the NFL in New Zealand. He was based out of Christchurch, putting flag football in the in the schools there. I mean, how how what are the participation numbers like? So, contact football for, for the last sort of ten years has been at a point where it, it's it's stagnated, and they've sort of gone, look, how do we grow the sport? As soon as flags come in, we've seen numbers massively increase. I think we've had about a two to three fold increase in the last couple of years. Just because of that, because you you attract a whole bunch more of a participation based player. You get you get players coming over in sports like basketball who don't necessarily want to play the contact version, and eventually maybe give it a go. But it's it's been yeah it's been great for it. And the, the contact uh, you know, you talk contact football flag football of course the, the contact football they have clubs like you know your yep. Tamaki Lightning. Is uh, uh, it work the same for the flag? So you can go join the Tamaki Lightning and play flag football for Tamaki against yep. one of the other Auckland clubs or how it works. So the way that we've broken down the season at the moment is we've actually got windows. So we've got a flag window and we've got a contact window. So what we've also realised is players who play both actually get their skills developed across the board. So, so yes, the, the leagues, and this is a real credit to the leagues, they've actually catered to both formats of the game and, and had that. You talk about, you, know, you sort of mentioned the basketball side of things, and that's the sport in New Zealand that's really erupting at the moment. And a lot of that comes down to accessibility and, I mean, just the cost of being able to play. When you look at, like, traditional American football, there's a lot of pads, there's a lot of gear going on there. What What's the kind of barrier of entry to play just traditional tackle football versus flag football? Yeah, you know, you're dead right. Um, 
the, the challenge has always been that it's, it is a very expensive sport to play. On average, it costs about $1,000. And this was, you know, pre, pre-COVID prices of everything going up to get out a player. Um, you know, you, you look at getting out 40 to 50 players a year per club across multiple clubs, that's a lot of cash you've got to raise. We do get grant funding. There's all sorts of stuff around that. But it just it reduces the overall ability to, to grow. Mm. Um, what this does is it really brings in, it changes that dynamic. Um, so, so yeah, and that's where internationally that's where the growth has been as well. Uh, when do you think we will know about LA 2028? When do they announce that? So I, I believe they want to get something locked in by the end of the year. Right. And, okay. and that's what Vision 28 has. It's, it's sort of a, it's not a long-term plan. It's a, it's a get across the goal line mm-hmm. um, plan. Um, pardon my pun. Yeah. Um, but um, that, that's sort of what they're saying is they're, they're, right on, they're right on the goal line. They just want to get it over and finish the job. Yeah. Uh, you know, American sports in general have got a big part of uh, the New Zealand sporting psyche now, particularly, you know, Stephen Adams in the NBA, of course. Um, we've had players successful in the MLS um, and, you know, less recently, um, but, you know, I've had people like Dave Dixon that run around the NFL. It is more visible now than it has ever been, probably, right? And are you noticing the, the curiosity of people wanting to play it has gone up as well? Yeah, look, I think, I think one of the best ways I can sort of summarise that is we used to get players turning up for trainings having no idea. Right, yeah. no idea about anything. They turn up trainings now, and they're helping. They're trying to write up game plans for the coaches because <laughs> they know so much about the game yeah. that historically they wouldn't. You know, they can come up with defensive schemes. They're like, "Well, we'll slow it down. Let's try and teach you how to, <laughs> to run a route first. But but it, it, it's it's amazing. You know, between watching it and playing Madden, yeah, um, it, it's it's been a massive for the sport. Um, another reason why we wanted to get you on, Shraz, of course, uh, there's the player pathway combine series that's about to get underway around New Zealand. You talk about guys just showing up potentially have never playing before what's what's the goal around there like i mean we we've spoken before where it's the sport is starting to blow up in europe uh, how does how do kiwis traditionally go in picking up that sport if they've never done it before yeah so the, uh, starting off with the player pathway program what's happened there is you know the, the nfl is obviously the, the only real top tier paid league around the world. You then got the CFL, which is based in Canada, and that's sort of that's a decent second option, and they've got sort of smaller leagues in the States. But Europe is now is has always been big into American football, but they've finally got a lot more professional about it. Um, what they've realized is actually one area they do lack um, a lot of talent is is big guys and guys in the trenches. Yeah. And that's what places like, you know, if you look at the story of American Samoa, they're the by far per capita the the place where most players, professional players, come from in any part of you know, the world. Uh, and New Zealand has a lot of that. We have a lot of the same type of players and it's just by giving them the opportunity. You know, there'll be, there'll be guys running around who, who sort of meet all the body type characteristics that they want but just haven't played a lot. And coaches will go, look, you know what? I can't coach a guy to be big and fast mm. but I can coach a guy who's big and fast to do a bit more. You know, so, so there is that. There's also a lot of, so we are seeing a lot of players go through the college program at the moment through, through New Zealand and those guys, you know, if they can't make it to those top-end leagues, now have the chance of, of doing this. And that's actually how this came about. It's a couple of guys who went down those pathways, played college football, didn't quite make the NFL, now are, you know, top players in Europe. Coach have seen them and gone, holy, you know, how, how many other players like you are there? Let's go find New Zealand and Australia. So, God, this isn't the first year that you've had the uh, Player Pathway program here in New Zealand. Do you have any success stories uh, of people going over to Europe and he's making a name for themselves? Yeah, look, um, we've got a couple of players recently. I think the, the big one we've had recently is Lance Liotta. So he was a, um, uh, he was a defensive tackle who went over, pl- played football here at the age of 16. Um, big kid, went over, played college football for a couple of years, um, 
came back, got picked up by this club, and so he played for our club and, and then another club, the South Auckland Raiders as well. Got picked up by um, a European team on a, you know, we've seen his film, let's give him a go, and he was their, their star defensive player. He's then been able to open up, um, you know, the, the floodgates and bring more players in. We've also had a couple other players go over recently and play in the top German leagues um, uh, who've also done really well. So, so absolutely, there are some, some success stories there. Yeah, I mean Jordan Mailata, but uh, you know, is a success story. I think he's Australian, isn't he, Jordan? Yep. Yeah. I mean, I know he's at the Philly Eagles. I mean, given and the, one of their best players. Yeah. Well, we, given the success of that, um, are you starting to see individual franchises start to take interest in New Zealand and Australia because of that? Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I think so. Uh, so they've always uh, the problem about so there's there's the international player pathway, which is what Jordan Mailata is, and and for that you. It's a very, very top end of athletes. What we're seeing is a lot more interest out of colleges with the feeder systems to the NFL. Um, and those players, um, those guys are the guys who really have the opportunity to spend a couple of years in a coaching system uh, and then maybe potentially work their way up. There's been a couple other players, Lonne, who just um, finished a five-year program, I think, at, at Cal recently. Um, and he came out of out of the Auckland junior system, you know, um, and, and you know maybe didn't quite make it to the NFL, but I think he's going to be in the XFL pretty soon. It's cool to hear that there is guys like that that are making a name for themselves and finding a pathway, especially when, you know, maybe if rugby or rugby league or, one, you know, their first chosen sport didn't work out. If someone was to show up to one of these pathway uh, programs around New Zealand, what are they going to find themselves in for? So, so yeah, so, so the way the NZF, that our national body, sort of structured these is there's three levels. So you turn up to the bronze camps. And that's just for everyone, so anyone can turn up to them. Mm-hmm. You then progress to the silver camps for a select few group, um, and then for the for the guys who are really at the top end, knocking the door, they go to the gold camp, and that's where we bring international coaches in. Um, and each of those players, you know, um, get get evaluated. Some of them might get taken over for different leagues, um, but the idea is that we've got a system now where we're a little bit more strategic around how we put players forward. You know, historically we've had really good player connections by a few individuals you know you Jason Buckers of the world who who know coaches around the states and and that's you know it, it was seen as sort of if, if that doesn't happen there's nothing else so we're trying to add uh, more connections there yeah uh, I mean the I remember seeing there used to be a, a London based team in the in the European NFL for want of a better term of it that doesn't seem to be there anymore but man there's a lot of teams out of Germany yeah so so the NFL has a thing called NFL Europe for a few years, um, they sort of they abandoned that, but the the residual effect was there was a massive pop uh, of you know uh, fan base over there. Mm-hmm. They sort of spent a few years trying to figure out what they want to do. They've now created something called the um, ELF, which is sort of a, a professional league, and that's that's where we're targeting. Um, and a couple of those clubs have rejoined that. So the Ryan Five, for example, are back in there. But yeah, that's that's that sucked up the vacuum. And absolutely, Germany and Austria, for whatever reason, yeah. have been the absolute drivers of American football in Europe. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just looking through the teams: Berlin Thunder, mm-hmm. Cologne Centurions, Frankfurt Galaxy, Hamburg Sea Devils, Leipzig Kings, yep. Rain Fire, Stuttgart Surge, the Vienna Vikings. Um, yeah, I mean, those. I think there's about three or four teams that aren't yeah. German or Austrian based. You know, yeah. very very heavily that way. Um, and, and is there any pathway? I mean, you're talking about pathways, but is there any direct contact with you know any of these clubs that yep. they've got a, a you know a, a foot in with, say, the Tamaki Lightning? So, so the Leipzig Kings have just taken a couple of our players, yeah, and they're some of the coaches coming down from the Leipzig Kings, and we're hoping to get a few other clubs as well. Um, but they're they're basically the main group that that we've been in contact with. Um, and, and a couple of our players there who are bringing coaches down that, that are really open the doors, and, and we expect you know, based on that success, it's a cop- all of these are copycat leagues. They see someone doing it well, and they'll start emulating it. So, 
How did you, as a Kiwi kid growing up here, get involved in, in, in American football and NFL? What, what was the appeal for you and how did you end up playing? Yeah, look, my story is actually quite different. Right? I, I, I played basketball and, Amer- and rugby uh, for a number of years and, and we sort of one year we went, look, pretty keen to pick up a summer sport and made a mind for whatever reason for American football and we just went down to a Tamaki Lightning training and and sort of fell in love with it at that point. You know, it was um, a much different sport that I think in particular at the time my skill set fit a lot better in. I was a, a winger, you know, and, and and quite often club rugby, if you don't, you know, if you don't get the ball, you don't get the ball. But in American football, you sort of, um, you, you get opportunities and you get to sort of be part of crafting a, a scheme and it's a bit more, a bit more of a chess game and I uh, enjoyed that part of it a lot more. With the with the combine series that's coming up, one thing I'm curious about there, you, you see it like Aussies seem to love to export former Aussie rules players to, to college football and the NFL and you see them in punters and kickers. I remember Super Bowl a couple of years ago, I feel like you couldn't go five minutes without them mentioning that uh, Mitch Wisnowski was from Perth. <laughs> yeah, honestly, every five minutes. What about, what about New Zealand with this combine series here? Are you looking for every position imaginable? Yeah, well, I mean, look, Australia's always had a natural, um, you know, in with, with punters um, and, and to a degree kickers as well, just based on on, on how transferable AFL was. Um, I think for us, realistically, uh, in the short term anyway, it, it's going to be alignment. You know, guys, uh, big guys who've got that got that quick twitch and that ability to really explode. You know, guys potentially who are almost a little bit too big for modern for modern rugby and league, mm-hmm. um, but with that with that size and skill set, naturally trans- transfer to to American football. Well, what about for guys like me and Logan who've got who are, who are naturally big slow twitch guys? <laughs> uh, well, I, I think I can make a, a spot for you, but it'll be um, it'll be helping me with a clipboard at this stage. <laughs> but no, look, look. Um, the, the 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 reality is uh, at club level, you know, it's uh, it's a very um, participation based sport. It's it's you know you, you, you'll come down to any of the contact contact leagues around the country, and you'll have players at various stages. And that's, that's part of it. You, you need every single person in the community to make those top end athletes, um, you know, able to play the game. Speaking of that, with you know the sport growing around New Zealand, how many like what is there in terms of clubs around the country if someone wants to get involved? Yeah. So at the moment, um, you know, historically. We've had Auckland, uh, Wellington, and then a little bit of Christchurch, you know, uh, as of sort of 10 years ago. But uh, recently, with how Flag has um, allowed the game to grow, a lot of regions have popped up based on Flag and now are starting to transition to contact. So we've got Auckland, Hamilton, Tauranga just recently, Hawke's Bay. We've even got a club in Turangi. We've got um, Wellington, Nelson, Christchurch, and now Dunedin, all with um, all with leagues and clubs, and most of them are flag. A um, couple of them are now transitioning to contact, but that's a natural pr- progression that they can make when they're ready. Yeah, uh, and there's different versions of contact as well. There's a five-a-side version, there's an eight-a-side version. If they don't quite have the numbers, um, but but we'll still want to give it a go. I was curious about that because when you look at a game of NFL. They've just the size of a of a team is immense when you've got offense, defense, and special teams. What about here in New Zealand? Are you are you playing both offense and defense? Uh, look, historically, there there has been a bit of Ironman football. Um, the, the problem about that is when you do that, it's more a it's more a 
I guess a fitness test rather than a actual you know skills test. And you're not you're not you know the whole concept of football is doing everything at your absolute max on each rep, and, and you can't do that at that point. So if you go to the if you go to the Auckland competition now, um, you know which is which runs eleven eleven aside comp, you'll see about thirty to forty in some clubs, even fifty players on the sideline just because especially those top clubs you will have a couple of clubs that are down to about 20 but teams that they rock up with 11 players in the modern day you just can't this is not feasible really to be competitive yeah yeah from either side uh, you mentioned rocking up uh, that uh, the tamaki lightnings are just a tryout for a summer sport did, when you went there had you played madden did you have a football team that you followed in the nfl uh look i i i, I had a peripheral um, yeah, enjoyment of watching a few Bears games because I was a big Bulls fan from the from the nineties. Yeah, um, but no, not at all. I, and I was probably a little bit unique in that. And and, and and we found American football completely randomly rather than trying to go out and find find the sport. But yeah, um, no, not 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 for me. But a lot of players do. Yeah, right. There you go. Well, you're not exactly the fridge, so no, no, exactly. <laughs> it's not many, not many Sri Lankans running around playing American football. He's <laughs> put it that way. Fair call, fair call, Shiraz, Thanks very much for coming in, man. Really appreciate uh, getting some insight into flag football and um, the work that you're doing. And uh, hopefully, we hear about the you know flag football being at LA 2028, and we can maybe put together a. Uh, a New Zealand team for that. Uh, actually, on that, do we have a, a name for the New Zealand yes. team? Yes. So the New Zealand team, it was named in 2016. It's the New Zealand Marco. Uh, and that's a name for the men's and the women's yeah. teams as well. Yeah. Have you talked to Tasman at all about well, this? Well, <laughs> funny enough, actually, it was pre-Tasman also changing their name to the Marco. I mean, they were the, the Tasman Marcos at the time, and, and we were the New Zealand Marcos. But um, their, their brand's obviously, you know, grown quite a bit, and, yeah. and, and, and we just haven't changed our name. So we haven't had a formal conversation with them. Yeah. I just get in the way New Zealand teams not normally name themselves. I, I was assuming yeah. you know we would be the Black Flags, but I thought Henry, yeah. Henry Rollins might rock up with a lawsuit. So you never know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not, not quite sure about that one. I think I think at the time we just wanted to pick something that was that sort of matched what we were trying to do, which was fast and aggressive. Fast and aggressive is what it's all about. Shiraz, thanks again for coming in, mate. Been a pleasure to chat. Yeah, very good. Thanks, Ricardo. Thanks. Thanks, Dave. For logbook servicing you can rely on, you need to make the right choice. You need trained professionals who are fully qualified to service your car according to manufacturer's specifications. For real peace of mind and a nationwide warranty, book in or book online at repcoservice.com.